That to me is the opposite of good, exciting, watchable rugby. No team is going to get away from one another. Yeah, it's going to be wet and miserable, but so is Connor. So is Connor generally wet and miserable. Wow. OTB AM live weekday mornings from seven thirty on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Injured dairy footballer uh, Carl McCaig joins us on the line. Good morning to you, Carl. Good morning. Thanks, Millie, for jumping on. I don't know if you've been following any of that conversation. We'll come to you, Derry, in a minute. But uh, Mayo and the fact that they're, you don't know what the hell you're getting and they're never beaten. No, definitely not. Um, probably for the first 50 minutes of that game against Kildare, I thought they were gone. They didn't show any signs of probably winning that game. But typical Mayo, they knuckled down. They pulled a big performance in Crook Park. Um, now it's definitely not going to be enough to take over the line against Kerry, but there's probably a big shock in that game. Still think Kerry will do it, but I think Neil can bring a lot to it. Yeah, and even within a game, you just don't know what's happening. The, you're you're out injured, and the timing of it has been awful in the context of um, Derry's run. Obviously, a hip injury. How is it, Carl? I that's one of those things you just have to try and manage. Um, back doing a wee bit of stuff for the club at the minute. Uh, hopefully, get a, an operation off season, and while that's enough to allow me to play county again next year, it remains to be seen. But I'll give it every chance for the rehab and up, and we'll just see how it goes. What's involved? Is it is it um, get the surgery and and there's some obviously rehab post that and you're getting back to play? Like, is there are you concerned that you might never get back for Derry or is it just a matter of time? Ah, uh, well, suppose so now you know, in my age, I'll be thirty in the summer. Um, unfortunately, I've had a major injury before with the Celtic back in twenty twenty, so I was only really getting back from that. So it's a lot of time lost for county football. Um, so you know, it's always going to take away a wee bit of your athleticism, but we'll just see how it goes. I'm not, you know get too hasty on it now, um, see how the rehab goes and how I feel after it and make a call on it that. Have you been, when you've been watching the games this year, you must have been like, this is exactly what you've done all during your careers to get yourself to a position where Derry have been competitive and you can be part of that. I'm sure you've delighted in the success, obviously, um, your teammates and your family and stuff like that, but you must be there must be a part of you going, jeez. Oh, it's, it's hard not to feel a wee bit of envy, but then I suppose when you're playing with them lads for a long time, both club back duty players, you do feel very happy. You know, it was the first man on the pitch uh, in Clunas when they won, and couldn't be happier for the players and, and management group, and definitely no no hard feelings, although it's, it's sad we missed out on it, but you, you couldn't not push them all the best. What happens when an injury like that happens? Is it a situation where you make a decision to, to kind of not be around the camp at all, all year, just to try and get yourself right? Or or do you pop in, have a chat with the lads, show up to sessions, even though you're obviously not going to be talking off? No, like I said to Rory, because I'd missed so much time there the previous year with the Achilles that I didn't want to be sort of up around rehab and gym and not really partaking in training for another whatever number of months. So I just thought at that point it was the best decision to step away try and just get myself right and do it in my own sort of environment rather than sort of being like a, a spare wheel, um, if you want, around the dairy setup. So I think it was probably the best one headspace and probably the squad as well, just to do it that way. When that happens in February, did you know that you were onto something special this year at that point in the season? <sighs> I'll be laying if I said I thought I was going to go maybe as good as it has went. Um, did I think there was potential for it? Yes. The setup probably over the last few years now has been top class. You can see that you know, it's taken Rory a wee while to get to this point, but there's always been a clear plan to get to there. Um, and I suppose now it's 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 maybe come earlier than expected, but I do think Derek can keep on that sort of journey now for a good while, as long as we keep Rory at the helm. Two younger players, which are in the county at the moment, so Derek football's in a really good place. 
he, he seems to have been a, a huge, huge part of, of this all, which is obviously stating the, the bloody obvious. But at what point do you realise that what Rory Gallagher was bringing to proceedings was something a bit different, was something that would elevate you to a higher level? I suppose there's two things. Firstly, you're just looking at him from a tactical point of view. He's second and none. Certainly, nobody that I've ever been under before had that level of tactical noise. Um, and then secondly, what he demands is playing group. So before you would have thought you were a county player just by maybe turning up your three or four times a week. He demands that wee bit more, whether it's extra video nights, whether it's extra SNC. Peter Hughes was brought in as a, uh, an SNC coach and he's basically full time. He can come to your own house and your own gym if you want to do an extra session. So it's just that extra level of professionalism that Rory's brought to it, which really probably has elevated Derry to the next level. Which is obviously really important in the context of the last couple of years and how teams have used the years away from the pitch. So that SNC bit is obviously something that really worked, probably doubled for Derry over the last little while, having not played as, as many games as he would have been used to. I think so. Um, lockdown probably came at a very good time for Derry. That's been documented well before. Um, you know, the, the level of athleticism that's needed to try and bridge that gap with Kerry, Mio, Dublin was massive. And I think Derry now are probably getting very, very close to that if they're not already at that level. You know, you can see in their game so far, I thought probably for large parts of the Tron game, they'd run Tron off the pitch. Monaghan really struggled to deal with their athleticism, so hopefully now they can keep it at that level and push on to say that very, very elite with them top two or three teams. Did you always know that that was the, the missing part, Carl, or at least a significant part of the, the, the missing bit, the, the, the fitness and the strength and conditioning? Or is it only something that when the changes happen, you realise, ah, right, OK, that's what we were missing all along? Um, you know, it's it's not always going to be the be, be the be all and end all. But on saying that, if you don't have that, I don't think you have any chance whatsoever. You know, you're going to need more than just pure athleticism to compete at the top. You're going to need that football ability. You're going to need good management set up with tactical ability. Um, and as I say, you know, Derry, I've, I've got that already with Rory and Kieran and, and Enda. But as I say, it's just getting that playing grip to that next level of athleticism that's really going to give you that platform to compete with the likes of Dublin and Kerry. Do you chat to Chrissy on a week like this or, or are you told to, you know, no questions? Oh, no, like, as I say, from being involved myself, you sort of know the crack. You don't want to be spreading sort of unhoused things out. So I wouldn't even, you know, ask him too much about the setup or, or who's going to be playing or who's going to be marking who. But I sort of have a fair idea what way it's going to line up on, on Saturday. The Pat Nolan in the Irish Mirror, his piece started by saying there were only three people that referred to Chrissy McCaig as Christopher, his parents and Rory Gallagher. Why don't you defer to him as Christopher? Uh, he's actually left me out I probably would maybe just you instead of Christopher but <laughs> I, as, as I say it's a, it's a testable probably to the relationship between the two at the minute Why has he had such a good season in your view? Who, Christopher or Rory? Uh, Christopher or Chrissy uh, whichever way you want to refer uh, to him um, I suppose you know, you know if you're playing the full back line you do have to be in the top of your game you know, athletically and even from a concentration point of view but even probably the way Derry are set up, yes, there's been a lot made to get everybody behind the ball, but there's more to it than that. You know, it's getting to a certain zone. It's knowing what players are going to pull the trigger. And I say, if you're man-to-man on a, on a marquee forward and you know all them all things are being taken care of with your defensive structure, it does make it a bit easier not to take away from the, the individual job. But I think, you know, once you get that confidence in the setup that you're playing in, you can just go and concentrate so on a good forward. And that does make that job an awful lot easier. Mm. It's like he's, uh, he really seems to kind of revel in the art of the man-to-man 
encounter and like I was kind of chatting to him in Croke Park a few weeks ago after the, the Ulster final win and he just revels in this idea of keeping a man scoreless and it, like it is in the back of his head that McCurry got a couple of scores off him in the Tyrone game which is just that co- competitive instinct it, like what makes him such a, a great marker um, Carl for, from your own experience uh, well probably like, like you say there the mindset to just go out with that absolute attitude that I don't want this man to touch the ball um, mm. I suppose you know you have to be physically in a position to do that as well so you know he's he is probably getting on a wee bit now he'll not like me for saying that but in saying that he takes care of himself pretty well um, and I say I think probably the main thing is that mindset he just goes out he doesn't want whether it's going to be McCurry or Pat Beardy to touch the ball he definitely doesn't want them to get a shot away or score so just having that drilled into your psyche I think goes a long way to try and nullify them players well, That's interesting that bit I, you don't want them to touch the ball because it does feel that there's not a disagreement but I feel there's like two different schools of defending that one you just stop your man getting the ball full stop you defend in front of your man and, and that's it maybe get one of your arms in uh, the other school is you know let them have the ball and then guard them keep them outside don't let them into the, to the scoring zone so is that his mentality is that the, the Derry way or, or what, what informs that you know get to the ball first before the man well I think if you're playing the full back line generally speaking you know, the top forwards aren't going to come out too far beyond 30-35 yards and I think whenever the, the, the top class forwards get the ball in their hands in that position you think of Clifford you think of O'Callaghan as soon as the ball is in their hands it's very very difficult to do anything about it um, it's maybe different if you're playing a wee bit further out maybe marking a centre half forward or a wing half forward but if you're marking a, an inside man he gets his hands in the ball anywhere around probably 35-40 yards that's maybe as good as a score so I think you know, trying to stop it at source and not let them actually get in possession goes a long way to stop them getting that score. Um, just to touch back on something you mentioned earlier, Carl, just about um, Rory's approach, and uh, I watched back a little bit of his appearance on the football pod. It was sort of the back end of last year, and he was talking about that whole thing of you mentioned about trying to get the best out of players. He was saying that tactics are important, but you have to be impro- improving players, as in he was seeing that as the most important thing. He said you want to empower them, and he said tactics are overrated, which uh, I found an interesting comment at the time, but more in the context of you saying that also, obviously, you're looking at zones, you're trying to get the, the ball into the uh, hands of the shooter. Um, where is the balance at for you, or, or is he underplaying the tactical side almost there? Um, like I say, Rory's a, you know, not only a brilliant tactician, but see his hands-on coaching and his individual coaching is, is probably second on as well. Um, obviously, that's probably how he made his name as a, a number two or a coach sort of at the very start of his career. So he's done a lot, a lot of work with players individually, get them to see things that maybe they just wouldn't normally ever see. Um, you know, you can see the way Shane McWiggan has played. He's had another, another sort of level to his game. Even if you look about, you know, some of the halfbacks, Connor Doherty was always seen as a midfielder or half forward. He's transformed into a brilliant halfback this season. So it's it's not only that tactical thing that that is important, as he's mentioned, it's the coaching side of things and getting the most out of players and maybe seeing that certain players have actually abilities to do bigger roles in other positions. That's just sort of opening their eyes to that and then trying to develop them into that sort of player. And the way he treats players almost, Carl, is that am I reading too much into it or is that uh, an aspect of it as well? Um, like he treats players, you know, with a lot of respect. If you put in the work for him, he'll certainly honour you. He'll play you. Um, you know, he probably can be a wee bit of a harsh taskmaster master at times. He does want to get the most out of you, and he will let you know if you're, you're sort of falling below the standards that he's uh, uh, you sort of expecting of you. Um, but you know, he can have the crack too. He's not sort of all fire and brimstone. He's a good relationship with most of the players. Players sort of would do anything for him there at the moment, and I think you can see that in the performances. So overall, it's a very good relationship he has. 
he came across in the in that interview as well as if he was really gunning for uh, for Ulster this year. Is that something that he spoke about overly um, within the group? I well, probably even I think when Rory came in a few years ago, I think the goal at that point in time was to try and get an Ulster Championship first. Obviously, the promotion from whatever division we were at the time, I think it was Division Three, was was of vital importance. But I think you know to try and get Derry to that point where they're getting an Ulster Championship again. I say it's a long time since since '98, uh, um, and I think it was so important to try and get a wee bit of silverware, some sort of stepping stone, and say to try and get to that very elite level. Which is a wee bit above the Ulster Championship, being you know the level of of Derry and, or sorry Kerry and uh, Dublin. So he sits in a room and he says, "Lads, we're going to win Ulster." Is that what happens, or how does that play out, and what's the reaction? No, it probably wasn't as brash as that. He said, "Look, we have to be going for that sort of uh, sort of ambition." You know, at the moment when he took over Derry, we're certainly nowhere near an Ulster title. Probably maybe fourth, fifth, sixth on the pecking order. Um, but he did see that there was potential probably within the playing group. Yes, they need a lot of work. Yes, it probably needed a lot of weeding out of certain players and characters. But he's sort of done that over the first few years, got the players he wanted involved. At that point, then, he can really start making developments with what he has. Um, and I suppose now is, we're, we're just seeing that. And this is his third season in. So it, it hasn't been overnight, but it's, it's certainly come pretty quick com- comparing you know, to what position they were in before he started. Did you, need, uh, did you need convincing of that? Or was that the process that you're talking about there in terms of keeping some players and getting rid of others was that the thing that dealt with the ones that were on board with that notion were the ones that hung around or did you as a group need convincing that actually Jesus he might be right here uh, probably you, you know you thought you were training hard at that point in time until Rory came in and said what he was demanding you thought is that even possible but you soon find it out it actually is uh, and I mentioned earlier, you know, he demands a lot from you, extra nights uh, during the week and whatever, and maybe an extra day at the weekend. And say that naturally will, will just sort of weed out players that want to be involved, that truly want to be involved. Um, and I say he done that weeding out process. He got a core group of players that he wanted and that wanted to be there. And I say once you have that, you have everybody sort of rolling in one direction, that's when you can make real progress. Mm. You, and you have to believe, like that group that are there committing to that, like you have to believe that what he's saying is right and there is a carrot at the end there, you're not going to turn up. Like, it's already a huge commitment, isn't it, as an inter-county footballer, never mind an extra couple of days a week. Yeah, massively. And as I say, you know, you, you know, there probably was days at the start where you were questioning, is this all sort of worth it? Because you didn't see the results straight away. You know, like the, last year, Derry put on a huge sort of amount of training before the Donegal Championship game and everyone firmly believed they were going to win it. And that was a wee bit of a kick in the teeth not getting over the line that day. Think if there had been a qualifier uh, system last year, Derry could have went pretty far in it. But you know the fact was that there wasn't, and it was knockout that day. The season was over, but it just shows you the quality and the work that was done last year has actually carried through to this year because Derry have just went from strength to strength, and they've got over that sort of hurdle of getting a one in Ulster and have went on to one in Ulster Championship. So it's definitely going the right direction. That, that Donegal game last year is quite interesting because I think for a lot of people on the outside looking in, it was like, okay, this team is is ready to compete. A championship because we'd seen the form in, in the league and it was like how are they actually going to match up against a team like Donegal and I know he lost on the day but it was like Jesus the, like there was a, a bounce of a ball and it could have gone differently and it could have been a Division 1 scalp in, in the Ulster Championship Yeah definitely uh, you know people say you know, Derry were competitive that day I would even say a step further Derry left that one behind them mm. you know if you look back and do the analysis you no know, Roy done a wee bit of analysis before it left on that game I think Derry left maybe 2 eight or 2-9 you know easy enough scores behind and, and Donegal didn't I say it came down to that one wonder point from Paddy McBeardy at the end but I say Derry at that point probably should have been like six points to the good 
Um, but in saying that, although it was a loss, you still get confidence from a, a more than competitive performance. And it probably was a good sort of springboard for, for this 21 season to go on and, and kick on and, and, and do what they've, they've actually done. How has Gallagher tapped into the countless family connections that exist within the squad like it's it's hard to think of a, a, another squad in Ireland that has more sets of brothers if you obviously Troy yourself and, 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 and Chrissy in there uh, as, as one of I think about six or seven sets of brothers in that squad I uh, that's, that's interesting I probably don't know the exact reason behind it but if you're if you're even looking at you know the radius of where all the dairy mm. certainly the starting 15 or, or 20 that play in most days it's all within a very small radius in, in South Derry probably about 10 miles or so outside of, of Mahara. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, South Derry's a, a, a Gaelic football stronghold. All brothers play for their clubs. You know, they want to push on and do well. And it just happened to be that, you know, at this point in time, there's a lot of very good, you know, brothers that are actually able to play county football um, and that they're all buying into it and they want to be there and, and they're, they're actually playing well under Rory. So it's an interesting one. I'm not sure the exact reason why, but that's, that's, it's an interesting one, surely. Uh, one commenter here on YouTube, Carl, says, Derry Bettler, handy in Ennis earlier in the league. Think it was close to a 10-point win. It was nine points. And uh, they'll beat Clare tomorrow. That does seem to be the consensus out there. Aye, uh, you know, if you look at the bookies' odds, I think Derry were 1-7. to seven. Um, And I think probably Rory done an interview during the week. It, it summed up pretty well. If Derry play well, Derry will win. Um, I don't even think, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to Clare, but I don't, I don't even think Derry have to be at their very best one. I think, you know... Clare are going to struggle to score enough to give themselves a, a chance to win the game. I know Derry probably haven't been scoring a big amount of points, but they have been getting goals in, in every game. So I think, you know, they, they do have to be solid. I think Derry, if they keep you know a clean sheet, don't concede goals, they'll definitely win the game. Um, uh, and I suppose, you know, probably being you know four weeks out from that Donegal game doesn't help them. Might be a wee bit cagey at the start, but I do fully expect Derry to win the game. Who's Chrissy going to mark? Is it does he automatically look at like David Tuberty? Does does he automatically pick up the, the marquee scoring forward? Uh it's probably going to be one of Tuberty or or Sex, and I would imagine mm. maybe it depends on who plays closest to goal. I would think. So himself and maybe Brendan Rogers actually make a game time decision on on where the forward is positioned. Uh, I probably I think you have to be adaptable. You know, uh, if you look back to the Donegal game. Brandon played out with uh, Michael Murphy. I think if Michael Murphy had played inside, he maybe would have been on him as well. It's, it's hard to tell, but I think you have to be pretty fluid because teams will try and upset me but, and change personnel, but to try and upset sort of the, the system or, or where it used to be playing at. So a wee bit of flexibility is sort of expected, but probably one or two players, you're not going to be deviating outside of that. The the one um, kind of cautionary note that's been mentioned quite a lot around Derry is how does their style of play translate to Croke Park? Do you have any concerns about that at all? Um, yeah, I've heard a lot about this sort of Derry style of play. I don't think it's an awful lot different to probably what Kerry are doing this year under uh, Paddy Talley. You know, even Dublin most of the time probably defend with fourteen or fifteen. Derry are doing no different. Um, I suppose what's What's difficult is it's getting them breakaways all of the time. So you have to be conditioned to do that for 70 minutes. I think Derry are probably at that level where they can get close to that. I think maybe a wee bit concerning is, you know, probably from the subs bench, Derry have only been bringing on one or two players. And even players that have come off, like Benny Hare and Niall Turner, have actually been coming back on a wee bit. So perhaps squad depth is maybe the only concern going down the stretch in a bigger, faster pitch like Crook. Um, but I do think that you know with the legs that they do have that that counter attacking sort of 
you know, 15 behind the ball, breaking 10, you know, charging up the pitch at the one time, is going to get them far in this championship. Can they win the All-Ireland? Um, uh, I suppose, you, you know, you, you can't really make a call on that until you see them up against either Kerry or Dublin. So, you know, as I said before, Kerry and Dublin are that wee step ahead. Derry haven't played anybody of that calibre just yet. I know they've beat the Ireland champions Throne, but I don't see Throne just at that level. Um, so, you know, it'll be, it'll remain to be seen if, if Derry are lucky enough to see Clare and, and the winners of maybe Armagh or Galway and you get into a final, who knows, in a one-off game, you know, the same with Throne last year. Um, but I don't think they'll be too far away. I think they'll at least be competitive. But whether it's enough just to beat them at the minute remains to be seen. There would never be a team that has been least uh, talked about before the championship started and uh, you know to go on no, nobody I mean you know, I'm sure that within the camp that was the talk that was going on but there wasn't anybody outside it saying predicting Derry to win it it'd be an incredible run No people were even saying before the championship Derry have got another terrible draw in Ulster this year again we're going to have to you know, beat Throne in the first round who seem to get in the first round nearly every other year and then after that you have to beat the two other Division 1 teams and uh, Donegal and Monon so nobody's seen it come on um there would have been confidence within the dairy group that they were definitely capable of doing it. Um, but the fact now that they've, they've beat Tyrone, they've beat uh, two other division team, two, two other division one teams, has really given them a bit of confidence. And I think there is probably a level expectation now, which may be a wee bit more difficult to manage. But I think they're, the, the playing group and the management group are well capable of, of dealing with that. Yeah, well, look, we'll have you on again to preview the semi-final, right? That's uh, that's our commitment this morning. Problem at all. Good all man. Right, thanks for enjoyed it. Thanks, Lockhart. OTB. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.